How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Well, guys, as always, it is our favorite night of the week. It's Tuesday night, and we are also coming to you live like we always do from Sodi's Cigar and Pipe in Oak Park Heights, Minnesota, from the traveling Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And as always, we are brought to you by Drew Estate Cigars, and they want to announce that the Pappy Van Winkle tradition will now be sold exclusively through Pappy and Company at pappyco.com. Drew Estate is honored to represent the Van Winkle family with an ultra-premium cigar that reinforces the legacy of a living American icon, Julian Van Winkle. The Pappy Van Winkle tradition features an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper, Indonesian binder, and age fillers from Nicaragua and Dominican Republic. Jonathan Drew, founder and president of Drew Estate, adds, We are thrilled to be providing the daughters of Julian Van Winkle, owners of Pappyco.com, with an exclusive cigar that is deeply aligned with the core of their culture and tradition that matches the legacy of their brand. To find out more about that, please visit Pappyco.com. So, Garrett, it's uh, we had a great weekend. For those of you who saw, we had an un- unscheduled, unscripted un- uh, uh, live show from Ristafari 2020. We did. And we, I <laughs> barely survived the events. Um, I, well, I, I tell you, I, I didn't have any alcoholic beverages. Those who know you know me, I, uh, I've been sober 25 years and I barely made it through Ristafari. <laughs> so yeah, there's, it's funny. There's a lot, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of mix there. There's a lot of people who, who don't partake and there's a lot of people yeah. who do. And, but it's, it's, it's just, there's so much going on and it's such yeah. there, the food alone, you, even if you don't drink booze, the food alone will put you in a coma. Yep. So it's, yep. uh, and, and because the food is absolutely incredible, Risty, Tanya, all you guys were again, so grateful. We had a great time, man. Um, so I want to awesome. talk about, you know, sports and stuff like that, but there's really everything shut down. Yep. It so is shut down, you know, we are all trapped. So right now. you guys who are watching and listening, you know, share it out on Facebook groups. People don't really have much to do right now, but stay inside and watch cigar shows. So let's get this out there. Let's get people participating a little bit since everybody's probably got a little bit of cabin fever cooking mm-hmm. and let's uh you know let's enjoy a good cigar show tonight um we're really excited because we have uh we have a great special guest on the show this evening and um we're going to bring in our special guest and that segment as always it's brought to you by corona cigar company and coronacigar.com they are the internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store mm-hmm. corona cigar company offers you the finest handmade cigars humidors and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price you will also find unique and limited cigars containing florida sun-grown tobacco as a proud american president and founder of corona cigar company jeff borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to florida <laughs> At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSunGrown.com because you will definitely want to find out which stores are open and when they're open because they're probably not right now. So definitely uh, call before you visit. Welcome, everybody, to the show. We're once again so grateful to have you on with us. Please, if you would, from United Cigars, please welcome Oliver Naveau to the show. Oliver, welcome to How About That Cigar Live. How you doing, brother? Bonjour. Ça va? <laughs> I am doing fantastic. 
quarantined in the house. I got a little, uh, not even a 10 by 10 here and uh, making sure that I'm uh, abiding by all the proper rules, but I am enjoying a nice United cigar. I'm actually yeah. smoking a firecracker right now. It's, it's pretty nice to, uh, you know, if, if you're going to be quarantined like we are right now, uh, it's, you know, the best way to be quarantined is with, uh, is with a fine cigar. Um, so Garrett and I, uh, Oliver, thank you so much for sending us a couple things to smoke this evening. Uh, Garrett and I are going to fire up some of these lovely cigars right now. Um, Hey, I want to, so Oliver, you're a new England guy. Yes, sir. I want to know, you know, despite all the, the, the COVID stuff going on, the, the hearts that are breaking all over New England. Yeah. Uh, because your beloved is going to Tampa Bay. Who's that? What? I don't, you don't No, I know what's going on. I'm just trying to play. Dumb. Randy Moss is Randy. <laughs> so yeah. Um, uh, talk, those- talk to us about, uh, talk to us about the heartbreak. You know, it's, um, I don't know heartbreak. It's uh, for me. It's it's one of those things. You see a great a great quarterback coming you know, towards the end of his career. He's got another two years. Who knows with Brady? You say another two years, it might be another five. But then he's going to go to another team, and um, I hope it's the same. I hope he does great. He, he was always great in New England. Uh, he played hard. Um, he was more of a of a leader uh, for that that team, and you know what we call Patriots Nation. Then. Um, Anybody I can I can remember. He's just he's so motivated. It doesn't matter if they're down or um you know, he's injured or anything. He just he motivates a team, so he just gives an intensity to the to the stadium that I've never seen. And uh to see him go somewhere else, I, I hope he does well, but you know, it is what it is. We'll move we gotta move on. I think he um I think he is the goat. Yeah, he's oh yeah. Yeah, I think he is the clear goat. You know, say what you want about if you like him, dislike him. If you're not a Pats fan, whatever. Tom Brady is immortal on, yeah. on the football field. Yeah, and I mean, gosh. Yeah, I think I think you have all the all the haters that are out there now that you know you could even say anything bad about Brady once he's retired, once he's gone, then they'll admit that he was yeah, and is the absolute best quarterback that the game has seen. Yeah, and all the I mean, myself, uh diehard Green Bay Packers fan forever. Mm-hmm. And um I mean since since I don't know, nineteen eighty nine or ninety or something like that when the Packers were pretty horrible. But you know, seeing Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, great quarterbacks, no taking that away from them. But they're not even in the same conversation with Tom Brady. And and people can like you said, there's always gonna be haters. There's he is he has proven himself in a in a different league bill belichick's the same way um that's actually a question is you know considering bill belichick's future um do you think he's gonna continue to coach in new england without tom brady or is he gonna retire i i think he's he's just there's too much of an ego there and there's there's too much that he wants to prove because between the two of them it's always well is it brady's team is it belichick's team Mm. um I think he's going to stick around, um, but it's you know it's hard. I don't I don't know. I look at these guys, and you're on top. Why not go out on top? Yeah, you know, okay. one that I I'm, I'm a I'm a Green Bay fan as well. Uh, I spent about eight years in in Wisconsin, so you know the Packers were always uh, my NFC team. But uh, he was one that I, I just didn't want to see go to another team, and he just he was half the the player that he was 
before. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think he's, I think he's around. I, I can't see him. I can't see him leaving, but I, you know, whatever. I, I couldn't see Brady leaving either. Yeah. Well, my team uh, seems to be giving players away. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings <laughs> have let their top two cornerbacks go, their big run stuffer in the middle. And, I mean, albeit a whiny little bee in uh, Stefan Diggs. <laughs> um, but we suddenly look like we have a lot of draft work and off-season work to do in order to uh, get a team together. I'm, I'm yeah. Well, and that's if there's a season. Who knows? I mean, it's, you know, training camp. Training camp doesn't start until July, but still, that's. Uh... Yeah, and then, but just all of the, the big names that are, are moving around and going places. You've got, you know, Jason Witten um, heading to Las Vegas, which is weird to say. Yeah, um, it is weird to say. Tom, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I'm super excited and happy for him. He deserves to be a starting quarterback. Um you know, just there are a ton of of uh, big guys moving around yeah. the league in the last few days, and it's it's been exciting to watch. For sure, I hope I hope there's a season. I re- I really do hope there's a season. Yeah. Um, because I think w- once we've got this drought from so many different sports, uh, I think we're you know just as sports fans as as people who enjoy watching that, I think we're going to need something. You know, isn't isn't that amazing that we're even. We're even saying that. I hope there's a season. Oh my gosh! Because it, it, just that, you know, the, the fear that's been put into us and the way that our, our minds work. If we're talking about a football season, that the spring training will start in July. Um, you know, the uh, off season games will start in August. Right, August, September. No, no. When do they start? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, August. August. Pre season yeah. starts in August. Yeah, yeah. starts in August, and then the season starts. But if if there's no football season. Where do we stand? I mean, forget about just the football season. Where do we stand as as a society? Like, but we're we even starting to think about that. Like, if right. COVID could last that long, we're right. we're in major issues. Yeah. Well, yeah. Global economy, and I mean, we've already seen the economy take a huge, yeah, huge hit, and and it we won't even really see the impact of all of this for you know probably next couple of weeks, months. Yeah. You know, it's killing the small business for sure. And uh, this this just really sucks right yeah, now. Well, um, and that's that's another thing I wanted to um, bring up really quick is uh, obviously every cigar shop is different, and we want you to call ahead before you you know go t- traveling out to your brick and mortar cigar shops. But we've seen just here in Minneapolis, in the Minneapolis St. Paul Twin Cities area, we've seen a lot of uh, Facebook posts and email messages from these shops saying um, the lounges are closed. But if you want to order something, call, pay for it over the phone, and then come and we'll bring it out to your car for you. And I want to encourage you guys, wherever you live, uh, if, if, you, if you're starting to run out of cigars, call your favorite brick-and-mortar cigar shop and, and see if they're still doing orders that way. If they are, buy the cigars that you like to smoke and, and you know, go buy and have them you know, do the curbside pickup for you because you know, we, we got to keep these uh, – uh, brick and mortar cigar shops, um, at, at least in some level of uh, functionality, while the, all this is going on. Jimmy John's made me call them. I, I walked into the store to get something to go, and they said, "Did you? We don't have an order for anybody." And I said, "Oh yeah, I just want to." And they were like, "Go out to your car, 
and call us. So they made you walk out. So they made me walk out. <laughs> wow. And call them with with my order. Wow. You, so that you're not standing in the in right. The, yep. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. You just touched on something which is which is great and true and near and dear to to my heart as as a united um, you know representative. The the brick and mortar. Yeah. yeah, brick and mortar. And we've been saying that and we've been preaching that since day one to support brick and mortar before you shop online, because the brick and mortar, that's where the lounge is. Absolutely. Yep. We're that's, that's where the cigar culture lives. Absolutely. And, and hopefully we, we start to understand that a little bit more now because we are quarantined, because we can't go to our cigar lounges and we're starting to, you know, figure out ways to smoke and enjoy a cigar uh, in either in our house, outside, weather weather permitting, but where else do you go? And then even if you do find a spot, then you're it's not the same experience because you're not sitting down with someone. You're not either meeting a friend or meeting somebody new at a at a cigar lounge. Yeah. So absolutely support brick and mortar. Um, yep. You know before you go to the the online shops, but um, yeah, right now it's it's definitely a hard time. It's yeah. a hard time. It's a grab and go now. And real quick, I just want to uh, mention for those who are watching and listening, both live and after the fact, if uh, if you want to win some of the cool stuff that we've been sent by Oliver and United Cigar, please share out this. Uh, please share this, and we will pick yeah. a random person who has shared it. Um, to uh, yeah, we got yeah. some. Really cool stuff. This this guy is I I the cameras the lights are way too bright, but this this ashtray dude is the most badass baller fun ashtray I've ever seen. And one of you one of you awesome viewers is gonna is gonna uh, get this in the mail from us here at How About That Cigar and from uh, Oliver at United. We got a hat, got a lovely hat, and I've got some other stuff too. So, um, uh. So, so Oliver, let's, let's kind of dive into, let's, uh, let's talk about happy stuff. Let's talk about cigars because this is a cigar show after all. So Oliver, take us back in time to that first cigar experience that you had and, and kind of the road that that led down to, uh, to where you are today being in your role at United Cigars. Wow. That's a, this is going to date myself, but uh, we're talking 19, 1988, 89. Uh, I think I had my first first cigar. Uh, wasn't a wasn't a cigarette smoker. No interest in it. Uh, my father started out with cigarettes, and you know, being French um, descent, I had a lot of family members that did smoke cigarettes, but there were a few that smoked cigars, and I kind of leaned more towards them. My uncle smoked cigars, and my father ended up turning to uh, to be a, a, a more of a cigar smoker. So my first cigar I actually took out of his his humidor. Uh, I smoked that and I was, I was 16, uh, years old at the time. And then that just turned into a passion. Uh, you remember what it was? Uh, I, I, you know, I always say, I think it was an Arturo Fuente because he was, he was a big Fuente fan. Um, but also being from, from Europe, he had a lot of Cubans in there. Yeah. So, uh, I believe it was the, the Fuente, but that's, that's where I started. And then back then I was smoking a lot of Avos. I got into Avo Domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, first premium box of cigars that I ended up buying. Actually, my first cigar box that I bought, uh, I was underage. I had a fake ID from uh, from New York City that said I was 18 because at the time, 
in New York to get into some of the, the clubs to see concerts. You had to be 18. Yep. So my first box of cigar was a, of cigars was a box of Sweeney's. It was a uh, box of 50 machine made, but I brought yeah. it up to Canada with a bunch of friends for uh, a school ski trip. And then my first premium box was a 10 count box of Teamos. And I thought that was you yeah. know, that was the world. Yeah. And, and that, uh, that escalated from there. And uh, I lived in Boston. So I would visit LJ Peretti, um, you know, at the time cigar masters and uh, Gloucester street cigar. And then in 97, I moved out to Las Vegas and that was October 97 I was doing computer graphics. I was just kind of, you know, keeping myself busy uh, freelancing. And I wanted a part-time job because I had free time. I smoked cigars. So I kind of looked these, uh, this company up in the phone book, went in for an interview. I worked for uh, Fryboy Tobacco in Las Vegas for 14 years. Um, and that turned into uh, more manufacturing and distribution. And then we started getting into, they opened up uh, Casa Fuente with uh, Arturo Fuente and, uh, and Robbie Levin of Ashton. And then, then we opened up tacos and tequila, rum bar at Mirage. And then I moved back to the East coast and then I linked up with United cigars about uh, three and a half years ago. And I've been uh, cruising ever since this is these three years have probably been the best three years in, uh, in the industry for me out of the, uh, the entire, entire experience. And what was it that, um, kind of what was it that brought you into the fold with, uh, with United Cigar as far as, because United Cigar is such a broad spectrum, uh, and, and kind of talk to us about what brought you into the fold there with United. So I was, um, you know, being from Massachusetts, um, high tobacco tax, uh, a lot of the shops had, had gone away. I, I had a friend that, um, Paul Giacalone, who had Gloucester Street Cigar. He was also part of One-Off Cigars originally. Uh, he invited me up to New Hampshire to go see the, uh, the Cigar Authority. We sat down. We were watching the show. I started talking to, uh, to Dave Garofalo. He had, uh, he had the United Cigar, um, United Cigar Company and yeah. wanted to do something with it because he originally started that to, to work with retailers so they could all work together. Um, had a lot of brands that were grandfathered in and wanted someone to work with the brands and develop them and, and take them across the country uh, to shops that had not heard of them. So uh, that's where I stepped in and uh, did what uh, did what I could to kind of put our cigars on the map. Um, you know, we're, we're a small company. I do the uh, I handle the social media, uh, the marketing uh, heavily involved in the production. So there's a there's a lot of work involved. So I, I can't you know, my, my feelers and my, my, you know, my arms aren't as, as long. I can't reach everybody, but, uh, you know, we do our best and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a great experience just to watch all the different brands grow. Um, you know, Atabay was my main focus the first year because when I started, I noticed that with the portfolio as large as it is, uh, with, you know, 15 different lines, uh, with social media, as I was posting everything, I noticed that by the time I got to the end, people were forgetting about the first one. So I said, I'm going to take our premium, our top um, top line, the Atabay, and I'll focus on that. And then we'll kind of you know fold in the other brands. And that's how it's progressed for these uh, three years. So now on the map, I'm, I'm comfortable saying that, you know, Atabay is has a big mark, uh, Byron, Bandolero, uh, now United, La Giana, and Jose Dominguez are, are starting to uh, – to come to the front as well. So it's just, it's nice getting 
just the, and I don't want to say recognition, but to walk into a shop, I have to explain this feeling. To walk into the shop the first month I was with the company, and for someone to say, never heard of the cigar, you know, you're asking for $30 for a cigar you're going up against, you know, top name brands that have been around that people ask for, you know, what is the cigar? Not really kicking me out of the store, uh, the store but basically really dismissing. And then yeah. that's turned into, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of that brand. Oh, yeah, we have customers asking for that brand. Retailers are calling, asking for the brand now. So it, it, it's just, it, it's great to see the, uh, you know, the development of the United portfolio um, with with the help of, you know, honestly, I mean, you know, podcasters like you, bloggers, uh, you know, customers out there. Instagram has been a, a huge uh, proponent for that. Mm-hmm. And talk to me about, because I, I've got to admit, I've, I've been a fan of Cigar Authority for ages and, I, and I've, I've been a listener forever. And uh, it was three years ago at uh, the IPCPR trade show that for the first time I got a chance to meet Dave Garofalo. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to admit, I was kind of I was kind of fanboying out a little bit when I got to meet him and talk to him. And he's you know, I mean, he's just a regular guy, obviously. But yeah, um, I was I was so excited to meet him because I've been such a fan of of the Cigar Authority podcast for a while. Um, I've made my sh- fair share of purchases from uh, uh, from two guys dot com before. And um, talk talk a little bit about, you know, your relationship with Dave and and working together with him because he's one of those guys um, in the cigar industry that he he's been in the business so long and he and not only has he been in the business so long he's been involved with so many different facets of the business for so long that he knows he knows pretty much everybody and he knows a lot that you know say for instance somebody who's owned a brick and mortar shop even if they've owned it for many years that's what they know or somebody who has a podcast if they've been doing it for years that's what they know or you know a brand owner so on and so forth but he's got his He's got. He wears so many hats. And what is it? What is it like? You know, uh, partnering with a guy like that in this business. Um, you know, he's not. You know, the be- I'd say the best part about uh, about working with him is that he's he's not afraid to make a mistake. Uh, he's made so many over the years that that's what makes him successful. Uh, and I, I know that might for some that might sound negative, like oh, well, he's making so many mistakes. When I say that, it's because he makes he'll make a mistake, but then he he'll focus on that and make it better. Yeah, and he he'll he's not afraid to try any anything. In fact, the the that ombre ashtray uh, was something that I had to come out with early two thousand, and when I was working for you know for for a different company, uh, they thought it was a terrible idea. They didn't want to do it. It didn't have any value, and I kind of put it to the side. But then when I brought it to United. Uh, Dave loved it, and he said, "All right, let's give it a try." And there's just something about it. Anytime it's shown to a retailer or to someone, it just brings a smile to their face. Yeah. If you can do that with a customer, you've you've won them over. So I always say, keep that at the register when you set your cigar down to to ring up the 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 sale. Put your cigar into the the ombre, and then the smoke comes out, and the the customer will say, "Oh, wow, that's you know that's that's amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, how do I get one of those?" And really, we don't sell them. We've had many companies ask to buy them, uh, but we will not sell them, but we'll send them to our retailers so that they can use them as a promotional item with a, with a box purchase or, you know, for a giveaway or anything like that. So we do yeah. that so that it helps the brick and mortar. 
But yeah. uh, you know, to go back to your question, he's uh, he is he's a man of, of many different hats. He's, he like I said, he's not afraid to make mistakes. He wrote a book on uh, you know, promotional ideas that have worked for him in the uh, um, you know in, on the retail side. But he does do the the podcast. My relationship with him is uh, is it, you know it's very good. We communicate um, quite a bit, uh, but I'm on the road uh, probably about three weeks out of the month. Uh, so there's not a lot of FaceTime with him, but, um, but I definitely bounce ideas off of him. Uh, he's never afraid to share any information, um, with other people, um, you know, to, to make them better where you have, you know, a lot of the different territories I go to, you have some retailers that don't want to share information with what they call their, their competitor. But, um, but we're, yeah, we're, we're really not in competition together because, there, the consumer that's in the lounge, I'd say 90, at least, at least 85, 90% of those customers that are sitting in that lounge visit other shops. That yeah. loyalty is, it's just, and it's, it's, they're loyal to that, that shop, but they visit other shops. Yeah. So, you know, just share the customer. If, if everybody shares the wealth, um, they, you know, they can, they can benefit from each other. And that's one and, thing he's not afraid to do. Yeah. And, one of the, um, you know, like you said, um, with uh, especially with the Atabay brand, you know, you're going into shops and you're taking this new product with an extremely, you know, with one of the higher price points, you know, around. And you're competing against products that are tried and true, you know, and that have had those price points forever and have reputations built up and things like that for the people who are watching and listening, give, give them an idea about the, you know, because it all comes down to the tobacco, right? Give people an idea of, of the, you know, the, the level of, of attention to detail that's put into the tobaccos that go into those Atabay cigars. Yeah, that's so. It is. It, it's the tobacco and the and the construction and time. Yeah. When you look at Atabay, for instance, and, and Byron and Bandolero, those are made by Nelson Alfonso. Nelson Alfonso does. Uh, he has a he has a company in Spain called Gold, Golden Age uh, Video Design. He produces a lot of the packaging, uh, ashtrays, uh, humidors, you know, a, lo- a lot of the items that come out of of Cuba. When he started uh, developing these different lines, Atabay and Byron Bandolero, uh, he he started with the idea that this should not be rushed. Uh, he wanted to have an excellent product. Um, he wanted to kind of bring it back to what what it used. To, I don't want to say what it used to be, but um, he, he just didn't want to, he didn't want to rush the process. So Nelson will take tobacco. His company's name is Selected Tobacco for the tobacco side. So he obviously selects his his tobacco very carefully. It's aged for five to seven years prior to uh, any rolling. The fermentation process that he uses is very different from others, and uh, it's much it's much longer. When the cigars are rolled, this is post roll. This is nothing that's done in the in the industry. He ages the cigars for a minimum of two years on Bandolero, three to five years on Byron, and a minimum of five years aging on the Atabay. And not your typical aging. When we when we think about aging, if I, if I say, okay, I, my box that I have in my humidor has been aging for five years, that's a 
that's a different type of aging process. It's really my humidor set at, you know, well, let's just say 70, 70, uh, the box is sitting there. I'm not rotating cigars. I'm really not opening the box. I'm not moving the cigars around. It's, it's in the, the container that it was shipped in. When Nelson ages a cigar, he'll, he'll place the cigars fully rolled, finished. They're all together. He'll, the, the humidor that he uses has five different cedars, and that's from ceiling to floor. He uses a Cuban cedar, Spanish, Mexican, Brazilian, and Lebanese. These different cedar planks on around the around the humidor are one inch thick. He has those planks there at one inch because he sands them down about twice a year to give them a fresh layer so that the, the aromas from the cedars really come out. Yeah. And in the humidor, they'll bring humidity down to 40% and then gradually bring it back up to 70, then back down to 40, then back up to 70. And what that does is he calls it the, the second fermentation process because it cleans out the cigars. So if you can imagine uh, a cigar when it's at 70%, that's the, that's the size it's supposed to be. When it goes to, to 40%, the, the, the tobacco is drying out, right? But yeah. it, it's, it's pushing out any other impurities. So it's forcing out any of the, the humidity that's in there. And then when it goes back up to 70, it's breathing in all those different cedar notes. So on not only the construction, but when you're smoking an Atabay or Byron or Bandolero, it's very clean on the palate. It's a different experience. And when I first went to United, I kind of had the same, um, you know, the same feeling as, as you know, you may have had first when you, when you heard about Atabay or retailers have. That it's a thirty dollars cigar. Why am I paying so much? And it's not going to work on the market. But when I sat down and smoked it, it was a completely different experience from anything I had ever had. Um, yeah. It's just it's just incredibly unique. Uh, he doesn't disclose everything in the in the cigar. Um, you know, like a like a like a great chef, he likes to keep his recipe to himself. But uh, the Atabay does have an Ecuadorian wrapper, and it uses a little bit of Peruvian. He likes that that sweetness uh, on the Peruvian leaf on the filler. And uh, it's the it's really it's the aging process um, that that really sets it apart from everything else. And are the um, this is one thing I'm curious about that the Atabay itself um, a few a few different uh, sizes a few different vitolas, um, but the 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 core blend is um, is that the same on on each of those, or is it uh, is it a, uh, I mean obviously there's there's always going to be minor tweaks from you know say a. Uh, uh, six by sixty versus uh, you know, uh, six and five eighths by forty six is. Uh, but aside from that, or is it essentially the same core blend? Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's essentially the same. Um, but what what's fantastic about the Atabay line is from, you know, from the from the Achizos, the the smallest size, the four by forty four, all the way up to the Benditos, uh, and, uh, uh, an eight by fifty eight. They're they're so different. But it is the same blend, but you can really taste like – you'll, you'll really taste the wrapper, and there's a little more Peruvian Lajero in, in the Lancero even. And that will blow that will blow your mind, absolutely blow your mind on the Lancero. But, uh, they're, yeah, they're all the same, undisclosed on the filler, a little bit of Peruvian, Ecuadorian wrapper, all aged for a minimum of five years. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that's the beauty of the line and also the, you know, the frustrating part about the line. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that age, that aging process is – it's pretty incredible because you think about, you know, the, the Atabay specifically, once the cigar is completely rolled, it's going to sit and age. And, and as you described with that, that changing humidity and, and all that, 
for a minimum of five years after it's rolled. But then prior to, you know, the, the, those tobaccos being rolled into that cigar, you know, some of the leaves, the, the, the youngest leaf in, a, in an Atabay before it's even rolled is what, three years old? Yeah, minimum five to seven. Minimum five to seven. So by the time it gets to an end consumer, if it goes, you know, straight from that five-year aging mark to a consumer, you're looking at tobaccos that are at least 10 years from harvest, uh, if not more. If not more, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. Um, and then, so Garrett right now is smoking the um, the the Byron, which is the... Uh, Tres años. Yeah, which is... Uh, Poema, is that... Poet, yeah, the Poema. Okay, so... So uh, obviously same factory, um, uh, but a slightly different process. Uh, but still, again, like you said, refined. Uh, Garrett, what are you getting from that cigar right now? He's, he's speechless. He's <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I, And I'll be the first one to tell you that um, I will always give a, an honest opinion of a cigar. And there are cigars that are at this you know ultra premium price point that um, I don't care for. And I know that, you know, cigars are like food or wine or anything else that we have our preferences. I will say that this is the most complex flavor profile I, I'm pretty sure I've ever had. The, the, all the things that are happening, it, it is smooth, yet on one draw, I'll get that cedar. On another draw, I'll get this sweetness. On another draw, so there is just so much happening in this cigar, um, I'm just going to sit here. Nice. Now. So, yeah, Oliver, get, tell us tell us about the you know the the concept behind the the uh, the Byrons. The Byron. So Byron was uh, his fam Nelson Alfonso's family's line in the 1800s, and in 1850 they named the their cigar line Byron after Lord Byron, who was a poet in London. Um, the family had that line. It was it was made uh, made in Cuba. It was a Cuban brand sold in the U.S. around the early 1800s. Uh, sorry, early 1900s. The family lost the line, but a lot of a lot of cigar families lost lost the lines in the early 1800s uh, 1900s. Sorry, um, because you had I don't know how many thousands of, of different brands in Cuba. Yeah, and that was consolidated down to 30 or so brands. So a lot of those smaller brands left. Uh, the Byron line was picked back up by Nelson in the late 1990s, uh, mid 1990s, and he started to redevelop and and blend the cigar um, based on what he thought the the flavor profile would have been like. So he came about this because he he started and he was helping out writing the a book called The World of Habanos. So it was a history of Cuban tobacco, and and he always had a passion for it. And he wanted to get back in. So when he learned more about his family's history and the, the cigar and processing uh, tobacco and how to properly make a cigar, he started blending the Byron. So the Byron, you have three different centuries based on when the family owned the line. So you have the, the 1800s. So the 19th century is what you're, you're smoking now. That's the, the Poema. Um, the Three Años, that means it's been aged post-roll for three years. The 19th century has four sizes but they're all so incredibly unique. You have the Petit Poema, which is aged for four years, the Poema, three years, a Peak Poem, and then you have the Grand Poema. Um, the 19th century blend is a little bit of Nicaraguan, a little bit of Peruvian and undisclosed fillers, and then Ecuadorian wrapper. 
aged anywhere from three to five years notated on the on the second band. When you go into the 20th century, that is a blend of Dominican, Peruvian, undisclosed filler, and then Ecuadorian wrapper. And that all of those are aged anywhere from three to five years as well. And then you go into the 21st century, and that is a blend more, say, closer to the Atabe blend. It uses the Atabe wrapper, so it's a very light, um, light Ecuadorian wrapper. But then you have a little bit of Dominican, Peruvian, and undisclosed fillers. Okay. On the 21st century, that, that has four years of age. So, yeah, I remember Garrett and I went to um, uh, Biggs Mansion in Chicago a couple of years ago. And it was, I couldn't remember which one it was until you mentioned it. It was yep. that grand poema that we yep. both smoked when we were there. And and both of us just kind of the same thing. We just sort of looked at each other and just shook our heads like, like <laughs> wow, there's there's a there's a lot going on here. And, and, and you really do get that. Like Garrett was saying, there's there's complexity. There's there's just a lot going on because um, not just because of the v- varieties of tobacco in the cigar, but uh, like you said, there's there's uh, there's nuance that comes out with different uh, terms of aging, different types of aging, uh, and and different types of storage uh, during that aging process. And that's one of the things that we both enjoyed when we sat down and smoked that cigar was uh uh just new a lot of nuance and it's a cigar that you can uh that you can really just sit and focus on the flavors and kind of just stop worrying about all the crap going on in your life and just really focus on that tobacco and it's really it's a really nice smoke yeah and i can see you know uh obviously with a ultra premium price point uh of a cigar you really got two kind of people the 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 person who's looking for that that special cigar you know uh they want to celebrate they want to maybe just relax after you know a tough week at work or whatever it is and have a an amazing cigar and then you know the high roller who just loves a, a great high you know um high profile cigar um and i got to tell you that every time i see an ultra premium cigar um, I ask somebody I know, you know, who I trust, is this worth $30 cigar? And I can tell you that if anyone asks me if this or the, the other Byron's that we've smoked, are they worth the price point? Absolutely. You know, they are. I think so. I thank think you. so. Thank you. Thank you. And so, um, I fired up the, and I want to talk about some of the other lines. Uh, and right now, what I'm smoking, I fired up the United Cigars, uh, the box press Toro, um, and definitely a different smoking experience. But um, I, I'm this one, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just going to give my impressions. I think this one could be a mixed filler, mixed filler like a like, like a Cuban, Cuban sandwich. sandwich. No, no, that's long. Okay, so I just got I just got some. I just probably cut it sloppy. But uh, it's got a nice open draw. There's crap tons of smoke output, and I get a lot of this sort of uh, um, sort of campfire smokiness mixed with a little bit of sweetness. It's got almost, uh, even though I know it doesn't have any of this in there, but there's almost this little note of like a, uh, like I said, campfire sort of maybe, uh, uh, you know, like you're you're sitting enjoying a cigar next to your smoker while you're making some ribs or something. It's just sort of got little bits of those those sort of notes in there. And um, uh, tell us a little bit about this particular blend and the price point. 
Yeah. So the United, that's our that's our core our core line that's made out of the Maja Cubana factory in uh, in Corrado, um, uh, just outside of Tamboril, Dominican Republic. Uh, made by Jose Dominguez, which I'm I'm smoking here right now. Nice. And, and the the United is a box press, so you're going to get a lot of lot of smoke, right? A box press is a little bit underfilled, uh, so that they can box press it so that the draw isn't tight. Yeah. And in that, you have a little bit of Dominican, uh, mostly Dominican, and then Brazilian Matafinas, where you might be getting some of that sweetness. Oh yeah, yeah. And a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, you know, on United is fantastic. You're looking at uh, three, uh, three size, well, four sizes really. We have the Robusto, Toro, Churchill, and then we have a pencil. And that's a box of 100 that usually retail for about one, you know, depending on your state's tobacco tax, one to two dollars. But that pencil is uh, it's it's shaped like a pencil, but that's a great grab at the register. Yeah, uh, you know, for an in between cigar. Yeah, and uh, we do have a, a, a decent viewer question here. Decent because uh, I know the guy, but uh, uh, Quinton is wondering, you know, what are the production numbers looking like um, for uh, the Byron? Some of the the you know for the different lines. What, what are we looking at? Yeah, that's uh, well, that's a great question. Uh, so we talked you you talked about the Grand Poema that you smoked at Big's Mansion in Chicago, um, and that is a production of two hundred boxes per year. Wow. So, which comes out. Uh, Grand Poema sold out. Um, we have the, I don't want to say the newer, but we have the vintage uh, left. Uh, it's a 2014 uh, vintage. A 2000, yeah, 2014 of the 20th and 21st century uh, because that came out later. So uh, I alluded to it earlier where I said it, it's great that he holds the production and he doesn't rush it, but it's also frustrating sometimes because when that, you know, the new year starts, you're ready for that next vintage. But if it's not ready, He's not putting it out. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just gets pushed back towards the end of the year. Um, so they, they come out at different times. But something like the Grand Poema, only 200 boxes. Uh, Atabay is a little different. He's, he, when he first started out, it was about, it was about 500 boxes. Uh, so very limited. But he's he's increased the production over the years. Uh, and, and you have to understand, too, it's with with selected tobacco and on that Atabay Byron Bandolero side, um, it's it, – it's almost a it's a one man show. Um, you know, Nelson Nelson does the the packaging. He does the design work. Uh, he orders all the boxes, and those boxes aren't aren't two dollars a piece. Uh, yeah. The bands are made by Vrydek, uh, and then they're same. That's the same company that makes all the all the Cuban bands. Yeah, uh, um, you know, so high high quality. Everything's just just top top quality that he does. So he doesn't rush anything. Uh, are those so twenty count boxes? Uh, sorry, are those uh, twenty count boxes? Uh, no. So everything, um, uh, they're 25 count boxes. We have the Sabios now in Atabay. That's a 30 count box. The Ritos, which was like a Toro is a Toro size. That was a 30 count box. That's now a 25 count box. So I'd say across the board, uh, we're mostly 25 count boxes on, uh, on all of the Atabay and Byron, uh, with the ex- exception of the Sabios, which is uh, more of a five and a half by 44 Corona size. Um, that's a 30 count. Um, and in Byron, it's the, uh, same thing of 25 count boxes across the board. Okay. Awesome. And give us, uh, give us an idea about the, um, cause this is a, one of the lines I've been fascinated with and, and haven't tried yet, but the Bandolero line, um, 
Uh, give us an idea about, um, you know, what smokers can expect to find if they see those in their shop uh, from a price point standpoint and from a blend standpoint for the uh, for the Bandoleros. Yeah, Bandoleros, a little more approachable in pricing. Uh, but again, once once you're aging a cigar, if you age a wine, a scotch, a whiskey, the price will be a little elevated. But Bandolero is a little more approachable around the anywhere from around 12 to 16. Again, depending on your state's tobacco tax, uh, you know, consume a lot of consumers out there aren't aren't 100 percent aware that their state has a tobacco tax. So they may see a cigar like a Bandolero at nineteen dollars and they'll get frustrated with the retailer. Uh, but it's not it's not their fault. There's a heavy tobacco tax that has to be added onto that. So you might see it at 19, but usually it's, it's right around that 12 to 16, $19 range. Uh, with the Bandolero, you're going to get a little more of a fuller bodied, uh, cigar. Um, on the, on the palate, it's, it's very, uh, subtle. There are a lot of flavors like on the, on the Byron. Now it, it's, it's subtle on the palate. It's not overpowering, but it allows you to taste all the different nuances in that and that tobacco. And that's why you can pull out all those different flavors because there's not one leaf in there or there's not um, you know a blend in there that's overpowering the, the flavor profile. Yeah. So Bandolero is going to going to be more of that medium plus. Okay. And then um, going on down the line, um, you know, there's there's uh, there's a lot of different facings you know going on. Um, and, and give us an idea of what, because are, are there some that are exclusives, um, or are they all wide release across, uh, across the country in in the United portfolio? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're exclusives to, you mean exclusive to different shops? Yeah. Exclusive to a particular shop or a particular region or something like that. No. So we have. So the United line—that's our, our that's regular production. That's those are that's, those are twenty count boxes. That's completely available. Then we go to um, like a Lagiana that's made out of the uh, the Camacho factory in Honduras. Uh, so made by Davidoff, great, excellent quality. Uh, it's a pure Honduran natural and Maduro box of twenty. That's going to be around you know just under the ten dollar uh, retail, depending on the on the on the Vitola. Uh, Jose Dominguez, also a 20 count box. Um, that's, that's going to be a fantastic retail, right around six, seven, eight, nine dollars. Uh, then we have the firecracker. The firecracker may, you know, when you talk about exclusive, um, the firecracker, we have in regular production, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, uh, four different Lajeros inside. You have two Dominican Lajeros, a Pennsylvanian and a Nicaraguan Lajero. So that one's got uh, a little bit of spice to it and it's a shorter, smoke uh that it just packs a ton of flavor uh but every year there's a limited release that is through united cigars and the majority has gone through two guys because in the past really that was you know there, there weren't many accounts but now if you are a firecracker retailer then you have access to the limited release firecracker so this year it will be the perdomo fire okay. um last year was Last year was the Kristoff, uh, but we've worked with Roma Craft. We've worked with Fratello, uh, La Florida Dominicana, uh, Mi Carita. So it's, that's an exciting project. Um, and, and the ones that, like I said, the ones that are on board with Firecracker, they have access to that limited release. Okay. And those, I, I know for a fact that I know so many smokers who, who seek out those Firecracker releases when they, when they come. 
And right. I was not aware. So this is a good thing for people to know that if, uh, you know, if you want easier access to those firecracker releases when they come out, tell your brick and mortar shops to carry the regular firecracker. And then, you know, they can, uh, you know, they can have access to those, uh, you know, those special releases when they come out. Cause yeah, so many people I know, um, really, uh, that get really excited, you know, when they, especially they start hearing the buzz on cigar authority and they're like, Oh man, the new firecrackers coming out. Cool. I'm going to go get a couple boxes. So, um, and, uh, so I want to, I want to shift into, um, into this week's, uh, smokabulary word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Garrett picked out a great smokabulary word for us this week. Garrett, what is this week's smokabulary word? And before you bring that up, yeah, let me tell you that as we are every week, smokabulary is brought to you by AJ Fernandez, born and raised in Cuba. AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. Uh, so, Garrett, hit us with this week's smokabulary word. This week's smokabulary word is candela. Candela? Mm. Why, Garrett, whatever could that word mean? It means elephant dung in Spanish. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> it means sorry. No. Elephant dung no. in Swahili. <laughs> no, uh, candela, as uh, many of you may know, is. When you see a green cigar, that is a candela. And um, back in starting in the uh, mid 50s through the 70s, it was actually the most popular of cigar types in the US. Um, the, uh, the Cubans um, are really what, what started this, and it was an accident, I read that. Uh, one of the curing houses actually lit on fire. And what they found was the hot um, baking almost yeah, yeah. Um, these leaves, it, it, um, it traps that chlorophyll inside the leaf and doesn't allow it to escape. And so now what they do is they, they heat up these, um, it's a special, every candela wrapper or candela uh, leaf gets, um, baked in these uh, special curing houses, uh, locks in the chlorophyll, and then it's a process to bring the humidity back into the cigar, but trapping that that chlorophyll and that green color into into the cigar. So, so when I see a green cigar on a um, on a uh, on a shelf in a brick and mortar shop, that's not like Jolly Rancher. It's not like Green Apple. It's well, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, but that's a different kind of that cigar. That is a altogether. totally different kind of cigar. But no, the uh, and and I'll I'll be the first to admit that candelas, uh, for the most part, are not part of my um, enjoyable cigar uh, variety. Um, but there is one that I will smoke and enjoy. What's that? That would be the Illusione Candela eighty eight. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good cigar. That one is great, and, and, and obviously it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it's St. Patty's Day. That's right. And so every year there's a few companies that do uh, do a special. Yeah, candela. yeah. There's some there's some special candela stuff that usually comes out around this time of year. 
Um, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't smoke a lot of Candela's, but there are a few that uh, I have in my humidor. Uh, some that I've smoked that I've liked more than others. Um, I think the the Roma Craft uh, mm-hmm. Fomorian. I think that's a good Candela. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you typically get lots. I mean, uh, and Oliver, you could speak to this too. If you smoke Candela cigars, you're going to get in in most cases you're going to get a lot of these. It, it tastes like it looks in a way. You get yeah. a lot of grassy floral notes from it. Some blends that use a candela wrapper, it's just too much for me. Yep. Uh, but then some, there are some that mix in some some lajeros that give you a little bit of bite and a little bit of spice. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know sometimes you'll get a little touch of broadleaf in the filler that'll give you some sweetness. But uh, I'm kind of with you. I don't candelas aren't part of my regular rotation, but they're fun to smoke from time. They to time. are. Yeah. They are. Oliver, what's what's some uh, Candela cigars that you've enjoyed in the past? Yeah, you, you know the the Candela is not in my regular rotation, but the uh, Fromorian by by Romocraft mm. is one that that I have I have enjoyed. And if I'm going to smoke a Candela for a particular holiday or or uh, you know occasion or a, 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 a bet that I lost, then uh, then it would be the. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it. it's not it's not my it's not my palate. It's not, it's not my favorite. Yeah. Um, there there is a market for it, and yeah. and I know that they they do well with it. Uh, and if I were to smoke one, I, I'd go back to that that Roman Craft one. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's one that I've enjoyed, uh, and I think I have. I bought some a few years ago. I think I have one left. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of people who make a Candela, and you, you just rarely see them. You know, Camacho makes one. Fuentes made the 858 Candela for a long time. And yeah, yeah. Well, and even the curly head. I mean, you can. I mean, the yeah. cur- you can even get the curly head still in a Candela. Right. Uh, so. Well, and um, every once in a while, with some of those uh, um, bundle cigars, you'll see a section of the leaf that still yes. has the the green on it. You know. Um, you know, just uh, showing, you know, part of that cure process locked in part of that chlorophyll. Yeah. So, so, uh, that's uh, small cabinet. As Bob Ross would say, it's a happy little accident. Happy Happy little. Yes. I love it. So that's this week's, uh, small vocabulary word brought to you, brought to you by AJ Fernandez. And my favorite segment of the week Mm. is numero De los Muertos, brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands, brings you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Black Work Studio, Dissident, and Emilio Oveja Negra Brands, provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit ovejanegrosigars.com to learn more. Are you using the ombre backwards? I love the, the what? The ashtray. No. Oh, we're, we're actually not using it. We're, yeah. uh, we're just displaying yeah, we're just, it. But, but the, uh, yeah, I saw the cigar because this new design that we have, because we, we noticed that the first, uh, the first run, it was difficult to ash. So we put the little, what we call the ash, the ash hole. The ash hole. I, I saw the cigar in your ashtray. Oh, yeah. Behind, yeah. The way it was positioned on the camera, it looked like the cigar was in that little slot because it looked like you were smoking. <laughs> well, like, some of this awesome. As it's because I've got I've got this ombre ashtray sitting on top of another ashtray, and I think 
my cigars right behind it. And I think the smoke yeah. might be going in that ash hole and coming up through yeah. the. Yeah. It looks like he's smoking right now. That is. And it's kind of, yeah, the lights are so bright. It's kind of washed out. So it's glowing. It is glowing. It's so beautiful. One of you guys are going to be like the most lucky son yeah. of a gun in the world to, to win this ashtray. So, yep. so keep, uh, keep sharing this because the more you share, you know, the, uh, there's going to be a lot more people that are going to have a chance to win. So, uh, so what is the number this week for Numero de los Muertos? So this, uh, this number is 5,000 on average okay. per year die from this. 5,000. In the U.S. In the U.S. All it's right. Coronavirus. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, we're still fortunately way below that. And uh, um, the, the, uh, the opening clue is just people minding their own business. People minding their own business? Yep. Pedestrian deaths? Yes. Get out of here. Oh, my God. Boom. Welcome to United Cigars. All right. That's that's a walk-off. That's off. a show. That's a walk-off. Thanks, just, guys. Ninth, ninth inning. Wow. Two on, two out, three-two count. Oliver just, there it goes. It Gone. Yeah. Now the uh, the numbers on this, so they're starting to rise. And uh, recent study last year done um, equates the rise in pedestrian deaths. So last year it was actually sixty five hundred. Okay. And equates this to people with their faces in their phones <laughs> going across a crosswalk. Yep. And not looking up. And not yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. I so. I'll say this, and I've talked about this once or twice before, but so I, I work in downtown Minneapolis. And if you've ever spent time in downtown Minneapolis, you know that because of the temperatures, the way they can get in January and February, there's a skyway system on the second floor of all the high rises yeah. that, that interlocks everything. So you can walk throughout the downtown area without being outside. And I will tell you that I, I'll get up from my desk a few times a day to go take a walk just to get some exercise and get away from, although right now I can't go to the office. I have to work from home, but I I get up a couple times a day from my desk to walk around and just um, stretch my legs every single day. And I just put on my headphones and usually listen to, <laughs> I usually listen to cigar podcasts because I listen to most of the cigar podcasts that are out there. And I'm walking through the skyway with my headphones on my phone in my pocket and at least 10 times every time I'm walking and I'm only walking for 15, 20 minutes at a pop. There's at least a dozen people that I almost walked right into. And they're, and I just, they're, they're, I, I'm, they've got 10 feet on either side of me and they're not, they're, they're staring at their phone and, and it's, it's unavoidable that every single time I go out there and take a walk, some jerk is staring at TikTok or whatever the hell on their phone and almost blast me right over. So, uh, and, and that's just, you know, in the skyway. I mean, yeah, people, people crossing a bus stop while they're, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> watching YouTube or, or some light rail. Oh, brother. Yeah. And I, I, I have to say, you know, maybe, maybe I cheated a little bit on that question only because when I lived in Las Vegas, there were so many pedestrian deaths because oh, sure. the drivers. Uh, mostly, and and I, I I would say I guess probably the you know, the pedestrian as well, but they're so distracted. They're looking at the lights. They're looking at the casinos. Uh, they're looking at the people walking. The you know the water show, Bellagio, or you know yeah. the 
the, the Treasure Island show. So they were distracted and they were hitting hitting pedestrians. So it was always in the news. So yeah, when you said that, that's what popped up. But now now you have the consumer or not the consumer. Now you have the pedestrian more right. distracted because they're in their phones. So yep. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That makes total sense in uh, you know from the standpoint of Vegas because. The first time I went to Vegas, I probably almost got run over a few times, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm walking down, I'm walking through the crosswalks, just looking up at everything. I, and this wasn't me being on my phone. This was just me being sort of enamored by this, this uh, ridiculous city that I was walking through for the first time. And, uh, and, and I, I can only imagine the same thing. I've, I've never actually driven in Vegas. I've always, I've always been there for work or for the IPCPR. So, you know, I'm either walking or I'm in an Uber or a cab or something like that. So I've never, fortunately, I've never had to drive in Vegas. I don't think I would enjoy that too much. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. <laughs> Yo, know, I'll be, uh, my older brother lives in Minnesota and I'll be out there. Uh, I had to visit uh, to, uh, Tobacco Grove is out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I talked to those guys and uh, they carry the, the Atabay Byron and yep. be out there to see them. Uh, that's Memorial Day weekend, end of May. Yeah. Hey, well, hit us up, man. Hopefully we can travel at that point. Yeah, if 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 travel restrictions are lifted by then and you're still going to be around, just give us a shout. We'd love to come out and yeah. share a cigar with you. We did our show live from there a couple of weeks ago and uh, interviewed Jeff. Yeah, so, yeah, and they've done they've done a great a great job, and uh, you know they're they're very supportive of us, and 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 they have a great line. And in fact, we're we're big uh, you know we have a big supporter, and we're big uh, fans of industrial cigars in in Frisco, Texas. Uh, the you know one of the owners and the, the son of, of Dave Frakes, Brandon Frakes, redid the packaging on the on the Frakes line. So it, it's just great to see you know a lot of these guys you know working together and, and you know I'll, I'll use it, but uh, you know becoming united. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love absolutely. It. Uh, so that is this week's numero de los muertos. All right, Oliver. So these question these next questions are extremely important. Very important. So. That's if, if you could, <laughs> if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for ten minutes, who would it be and why? Of one living person, living, living. person, just their thoughts. Uh, wow, that's a great question. Um, yeah, you know, uh, well, it, Ted Williams, his head's frozen. Does he count as a living person? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get into that head. That would that would be fantastic. Yep, a little bit of uh, what's what's going on in that frozen frozen skull of his. <laughs> yeah, Ted Williams, you know the uh, hitting probably monster. the probably the best hitter of all time. Yeah, I mean, you know, was a was a pilot in the in the war, and uh, you know, came back. What what could he have done if he didn't if he didn't go? But he you know he served his country and uh, yeah, and then came back and still played. Yeah. Played. And the year that he uh, that he refused to uh, uh, sit out the last couple games of the season to uh, to keep his his uh, four hundred average, uh, he he refused the 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 manager said sit these out you keep your four hundred average and he's like no I'm going to keep playing right he kept playing and he kept his average he, he still ha- ended up with four oh four I think yeah four oh four oh two maybe it was four oh two but just in yeah. One of the best. What a beast. One of the best. Hate to get that wrong as a, as a Red Sox fan. What's that? I hate to get that wrong as a Red Sox fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to double check. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so next question. If you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on? Um, I'd probably it'd have to be a little Toby Keith. I ain't as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Yes, that's a great choice. That's the first time we've had that answer. That's we have a great choice. Yeah. We um, have not had that. So choose one of the following: you could hit a home run as a starting pitcher, you could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. Or you could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie. Home run. Home run. Boom. Yeah. With that Ted Williams, I, I was. Yeah, I figured that was going to be it. I did too. You know, as a pitcher, I mean, we, you you know, as a a baseball fan, you watch pitchers and then, I mean, they control the, they control a lot of the majority of the game. Yeah. For them, and they're constantly going, they're constantly working. Same with a catcher. My catcher's batting averages are usually low. That's why, you know, pitchers, they either don't hit or they, um, you know, if they do come up to bat in the National League, they, they don't hit well. But to, to, to be able to see a, a, a pitcher or to be a pitcher pitching in a game and then all of a sudden launching a home run would be phenomenal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you could give one piece of advice to a new cigar consumer, what would it be? Um, start from the left. And go to the right, <laughs> right? Because everyone, everyone, everyone's got an opinion about a cigar. Um, and then when you're looking for guidance in a humidor, you have cigar shop owners um, or employees. Some are, are well educated, or you know, some are 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 really guiding the the consumer in a in maybe not the best direction. But then you have a lot of uh, shop owners and employees that are, are very well educated and they're doing the right thing. But again, as, as you talked about earlier, every, everyone has a different palette. So the best thing to do, they'll guide you in the right direction. You, you're starting out. So they should lead you towards something a little, uh, you know, maybe less aggressive on the palate, milder. Um, but I, you know, I've been amazed. We, as United, some of our events, we do blind taste challenges. So we'll cover the band of two cigars. And it's amazing. Some people say, oh, well, I'm just starting out. I, you know, that cigar looks dark and it's going to be, you know, it's really not for me. I don't, I don't usually smoke that. I said, well, you know, just sit through it. And, you know, if you, if you don't like it, then set them both down and we'll figure something else out for you. But at the end of the experience, like, wow, that, you know, those were, those were really good. That was a really good experience. I, you know, I, I never would have um, picked something like this out, not only our cigar, but the other cigar that we're kind of going up against. Um, so, for a consumer, somebody that's new, the best part about cigars is that there there are so many that you can really, when you walk in the humidor, start from the left, move to the right, and just figure out what's what's the best for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so the same question, uh, if you could give a piece of advice to uh, a brick-and-mortar cigar retailer, what would it be? Carry United. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Listen, you got to buy United, smoke United, live United. Yep. Do that is to get it on your shelf. There you go. Um, And kind of delving a little bit into um, uh, formerly IPCPR, now known as the PCA, the artist formerly known as IPCPR. Um, 
if you could give one piece of advice to them as an organization, uh, you know, obviously we're hoping that the trade show happens this summer, but we'll, we'll see what we see. But uh, if you could give one piece of advice to them as an organization, what would it be? Um, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's a really tricky question. So we, I mean, one piece of advice without getting too deep into it, we, we kind of, we, we didn't sign up for, for this year. And that was, was a decision we made during our um, sign up process, because at the end of the show, you have a, an allotted time to do a booth selection. We didn't sign up for, for multiple reasons. Um, look, we, we need consumers. I'm a consumer, but I'm also on the manufacturing side and uh, distribution side. Uh, we need consumers, but to bring consumers into a trade show, um, you know, we were against because again, we're we're all about brick and mortar. So, for me, for the IPCPR, um, you know, it it turned into, and we fell into it as well. Um, it turned into a uh, big dollar show. Who's got the most money to have the biggest booth to really suffocate the little guys? And when IPC, when it was RTDA. You know, when it was starting out, you didn't have as many of these big booths. And it was exciting to go to the show because there were new products. And you were going there to, to see people in the industry, but you were also going there to find what's new. And it seemed like over the years, the booths kept getting bigger and bigger. Walls kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, so you couldn't see all the all the new boutique lines. And and there are a lot of great, great cigars out there. And, and you know, when I say we fell into the trap, we, we did. We ended up with a 20 by 80 booth and we kept adding uh, booth space because we wanted to be you know bigger and bigger. But, you know, in the end, we're, we're just, you know, we were kind of spending money, uh, which does help a, a good cause uh, as well, because they, you know, they're, they're fighting for us as, as well. But, uh, you know, really, I would say just kind of bring it back to the, you know, the artistry of, of cigars so that, you know, retailers can can experience what's, you know, what's out there. Yeah, no, that's a great because it it really is that that show is supposed to be, um, supposed to be about the retailers. You know, the retailers going and and learning about uh, the products, learning about the companies, learning about the people, building relationships. And uh, I hope I hope the show happens this year. Uh, sorry, you're not going to be there. I totally understand oh, the you yeah. know the company's position. But with that, sorry, with that said, now that you have some of those larger companies that are going out, um. You know, and those were those were the ones that were excited about consumers going because they would capture all of the consumer addresses because they do have a heavy, heavy, heavy presence online. So now that they're they're out and you know PCA is kind of being restructured, we're we're hoping to uh, to find a spot and uh, and reintroduce ourselves to the uh, to the show because we want us we want to support it. Yeah, uh, you know, we want to support the industry. We want to be there. Yeah, uh, just didn't like the direction it was it was going, and then you know we also had issues with the the setup, um, you know the 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 convention hall, the charges, everything was was just going up and up and up and, and becoming frustrating, and um, you know our what we called seniority points uh, seemed to be going to the wayside, uh, so we kept being pushed back, and and our time to choose a booth wasn't uh, wasn't the best, so we we felt we weren't um, weren't supported the way we wanted to be supported, but. But now the direction that they're going in, and now that um, you know some other other companies aren't going, um, we're we're looking to be a part of it because it is it is a great organization. Um, yeah, we want to support it. So yeah. we will uh, if if the show does happen, and we hope it will. Uh, we hope it, it does happen. We'll um, we'll be there. Yeah, awesome. Um, so 
let's uh, let's move into uh, this week's notable smokables. Um, and you know, Oliver, each week Garrett and I talk about a couple of things we smoked during the last uh, last week or so that were were interesting to us. It could be something old, could be something new. Uh, obviously, um, you're you're spending a lot of time smoking United cigars, and that makes makes a lot of sense. But do you do you get a chance from time to time to reach for uh, uh, something else from a cigar shelf? Uh, something interesting recently that you uh, uh, that you enjoyed? Yeah, so um, you know, great uh, great friend and a, a cigar that that I do grab, and, and if I see it uh, when I see it in the shops, I'll I'll pick up is the uh, the Patina. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, Mo. He's, yeah, he's a he's a midwestern uh, midwestern guy, and uh, he makes a great great cigar. Uh, so I'll, I'll grab the I'll grab the patina, and that was that was one of the last ones I smoked. I saw him at the the TPE show that just happened in in January, and he gave me one of uh, one of his newer sizes, and uh, um, I, it's a, it's a shorter I forget the name the name of it. It was it was like a short short Corona, yeah. Uh, just a, a ton of flavor, uh, great you know, great construction, great blend. So, um, I, you know, that's that's one that I, I lean towards, and yeah. then, um, and one of the one of the other ones that I, I smoked relatively recently. I was in I was in Houston, and I uh, went to one of the Davidoff lounges, and they gave me one of their uh, event cigars that was that was pretty uh, pretty tasty. Nice. Um, for me, just because of where we were over the weekend, we were at uh, at Ristafari for JSK Cigars, and. Uh, again, I, I purchased some that I hadn't had in a while, which was the uh, that tyrannical buck, uh, Connecticut, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a cigar I really enjoy a lot. It's uh, it's one of those Connecticut's. There's been this great renaissance of Connecticut shade cigars in the last few years, and that's uh, that's one of those newer ones that has uh, uh, a lot of flavor behind a relatively mild wrapper. But I, it's a cigar I enjoy a lot. What was one of yours, Garrett? Well, <clears throat> so. I don't know. Did you have you announced the the winner yet for no that number? No, we should cigars? we should. Do you know the name? I don't. Uh, we'll anu- we'll announce. We had a winner from our uh, guest the number of cigars, but we'll announce that in a separate. Uh, yeah. Post. So man, I smoked a lot of cigars. A lot of the last uh, few days, and uh, for me, my my first notable smokable was on Friday the thirteenth. I smoked a Jason. Oh yeah, uh, Tatawahe monster jason and it was stupid <laughs> well those have what are those six years old now yeah 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 it was an og jason so yeah. it was uh so good did it hill did it still and have the power behind it, it it still did have the power and i was um uh, you know probably the first third into it i was like i am going to die <laughs> i am going to be murdered but it it um, it didn't continue to ramp up, so I did think it lost a little bit of its strengths um, in the in the second half of the cigar. So it didn't kill me, but the flavors were still on point. Nice, nice. Um, and um, my other one, I guess, if if I had another one this week, um, was I finally got my hands on uh, some of the Micarita Tricky Traca, mm. uh, so the Red Bands Micarita. Very different cigar than the original Mi Carita. Very different cigar, uh, but very good cigar. Um, there's there's uh, some different things going on. I'm a huge fan of the original Mi Carita in the Gordita size, the 4x48. But, uh, yeah, this new uh, Tricky Traca, uh, there's definitely power behind it. You get that, you know, the tips of those Lajero leaves in that last third. 
but yeah, nice cigar. Really enjoyable. My second one would be the uh, the JSK FDA. Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you had a chance to smoke that one yet, but... I haven't smoked one yet. I, I bought a bundle, but I haven't smoked one yet. Dude, that was fire. Nice. Um, nice. I, I will... Yeah, I'll have to fire one of those up. I had one here last night. Um, open up the pack. Uh, shared one with uh, a few guys and... Um, or shared a couple sticks with a few guys. Did some trade baits. It was good. Nice. Good, good trading. And it. I think it's the one of the strongest cigars Risty has ever put out. Okay. And, yeah, he said it was probably going to be. And... It, no, no joke. It is a, it is a powerhouse, but with good flavor. Nice. Yeah. So hats nice. off to Risty on the, the new FDA cigar. Awesome. Well, guys, we've got some good stuff coming up in the coming weeks. Hopefully if, uh, if we're able to, uh, you know, stay on the air, um, we've got, uh, next week, uh, James Brown from black label trading company is going to be on the show. And, uh, the week after that, uh, we're going to have Terrence Riley from Agonorsa Leaf. And then the following week, um wife's birthday i don't know that's two weeks after that so oh. i don't remember my wife's birthday is coming up that one you got to remember that one i got to remember we will not have a tuesday night show on april 14th that's my wife's birthday that takes precedence definitely um we'll have a monday night show uh the night before on the 13th um so that's what we have coming up um i want to give everybody a reminder like we said at the beginning of the show with everything going on right now um if, if you start running low on your favorite cigars, please get on your phone and call your brick-and-mortar shops and uh, ask them what they have in stock. Place an order over the phone. If, they're, if, they, if they make this available to you, place an order over the phone, pay for it with your credit card, and go pick them up curbside. Uh, keep those mm-hmm. brick-and-mortar cigar shops going as, yep. as much as you can while all this craziness is going on out there. They're really going to hurt. Yeah, they, they're going to feel it. So please you know, keep doing that um, and you know, stay Stay, uh, you know, hunkered down and uh, just keep yourselves safe and healthy. Um, Oliver, give everybody a final idea where they can find out more about United Cigars and uh, any special things you might have coming up soon. Yeah, well, <laughs> unfortunately, soon. I wish we had more. I had to cancel a couple of couple events. Uh, yeah. You know, Nickel, Nickel City Cigar in Buffalo, uh, they were doing a grand opening this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. oh. you know, I was headed up there Thursday. Uh, and I think they were doing the grand opening with, uh, with Tatawai, but, um, you know, unfortunately that that's getting, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that one's getting canceled. So if you're in Buffalo and you want to go check with them first, uh, in Arizona, ambassador cigars was doing a multi-vendor, uh, that one, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not able to go to. So as far as the upcoming, uh, we had one at Plasdo in New Hampshire, uh, this Friday, that one's, you know, again, getting canceled. So it's hard to say what's, what's coming up, uh, exciting, Things that that we're doing on the United side. Uh, I was just in the Dominican. Uh, we've uh, the, the Jose Dominguez factory, Maja Cubana. Uh, had, they've been planting the last five years. They've been working in Las Matas de Farfan, and if you can look in that area, it's um, you know a lot of a lot of rice beans um, that are that are that are grown out there, and uh, you know the the soil is incredibly rich. So we're growing new leaves out there. And um, I was just at the farm. The, the leaves looked phenomenal. So now we have them. We had them in the barns. They'll be going to the uh, the factory here soon. So it's not going to be ready for a little while, but it's an exciting project that I'm really looking forward to, uh, to tasting. And it's, it's got a little bit of a sweetness uh, to the leaf. So uh, that's an exciting project. 
Uh, outside of that, the the support, just you know, consumers going out there and and, and asking your local brick and mortar to to bring in some United lines, uh, you know, try some United products. We'd love to see you on social media and, uh, and hopefully I get out to your neighborhood soon and uh, we can share a cigar. Absolutely. And uh, what, what is your uh, moniker on all the social media? So we're United Cigar Group. Uh, we're sorry. We're unitedcigargroup.com. Website's getting, uh, getting uh, redone, but uh, still available. So you can check for local retailers there. And then on social media, we're United Cigars. And uh, hashtag is Live United. Awesome. Love it. Oliver, thank you so much for spending some time with us and giving the listeners and viewers a little bit of an idea of what United Cigars has going on. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys uh, uh, you bringing me on, taking the time to, uh, to share a cigar with me during this, uh, this crazy time. And uh, other than that, spray yourselves down, wipe <laughs> everything down, stay clean and stay healthy, stay safe. All right. Hey, as well, guys, as always, if you have any questions, you can email us directly on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. You can send us an email or a, or a message rather directly on Facebook. Uh, don't forget to keep sharing this out because we are going to select somebody who shares this video out uh, to win this, uh, this beautiful ashtray here. Uh, and until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Take care, guys. Thank you.